Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Inside Track, brought to you exclusively by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine. I am your host and publisher, Greg Tutwiler. I am talking today with Southwestern Virginia's Ron Short. Ron and his band, the Possum Playboys, feature a vibrant country Americana sound, reminiscent of the bands that once traveled the two-lane highways of America, filling the dance floors of those iconic roadside honky-tonks. Thanks for joining me today, Ron. Man, i got to tell you, I really like this CD. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, you know, every musician likes to hear that their work is, is appreciated. That's why we do it. Sure, yeah. So uh, we, we were talking a little bit uh, off air before we got started um, about yourself and your career, and, and let's kind of... Uh, kind of pursue that a little bit. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and uh, your career, how you got started in the music business, and how you, you got to where you are today. Um, where I am today, but sure luck that I'm still alive. You know. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it, it's an incredibly involved story, as, as most people are. But I, I grew up with the music, and um, you know, I was lucky enough to be belong to one of those mountain families where Music was just a central part of our lives. Mm-hmm. My uncles played, my mother and father, you know, they couldn't work without singing. And I I went to the old Edward Baptist Church, which is that old uh, eternal sound of uh, lined out hymn singing, you know, that mm-hmm. goes back ages and ages. So I'm connected to a musical history that I'm just a, another chapter in. But I have worked... Um, most of my life, 30 years, uh, I'm, I'm sort of probably the hardest work, working uh, a musician flying under the radar that you find. <laughs> I've been doing this for traveling all over the world for a very long time. Okay. Uh, performing with, um, with performing, playing music, and uh, as a part of a, a um, internationally known theater company called Roadside Theater. Okay. And I did the writing for Roadside Theater. I was a playwright, am a playwright, and uh, and a musician. And all my plays were, were basically based on uh, mountain music, mm-hmm. based on um, uh, creation of music uh, for characters. And so it was a kind of, um, you know, I try to tell people it was a, if, if Hank Williams wrote Opry, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, opera. <laughs> if Hank had wrote opera, uh, I think it would have sounded like what Wolfgang Theater did with my work. Okay. And then, uh, as, as 
in addition, along the way, uh, I continually, you know, just um, always had a band and um, recording uh, music uh, and uh, as a kind of second career in, in a way. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was really an expression of who I was. I needed that creativity. I needed the ability to just focus on music and not have to worry about writing music particularly for a character or for something. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to write music that uh, just expressed how I felt mm-hmm. and, and was not necessarily going to be used uh, and marketed in that in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Was the... Um was the playwriting first then for you? Is that did that lead no, to music? No, the music was first. Okay, the music was first, and and they came to me, approached me about doing this work with them because of of, of the music, mm-hmm. and um, uh, because I was writing stuff that appealed to people who were the directors, and at, at that time, you know, working, and um, so the music was first, and I came attached to the music okay. because that's that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought that to the table, and then um, within that context, we also created uh, musical CDs and musical shows that, that uh, traveled and performed. Really, all we at the Smithsonian Festival, uh, we went to uh, uh, Europe, to Sweden, Denmark, mm, okay. um, Germany, uh, you know, all over the world, Ireland, uh, we played everywhere, mm-hmm. and in New York City, uh, at Lincoln Center, I mean, those kind of places that, those iconic uh, performance places for people recognize, but we played thousands of other places. Mm, yeah, okay. So I learned, I learned um, performance craft, I learned mm-hmm. uh, how to, how, how to reach an audience, what kind of music. Um, as a writer, as a songwriter, uh, who do you want to reach with this music? Who do you want to say this to? You know, what is it you're trying to say? And and so you learn through mm-hmm. through, through crafting it. You mm-hmm. know, you uh, it's like being a studio musician. You do it over and over and over sure. and over again. And and so every every performance is a practice. You know, it's mm-hmm. a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I, I, I have a. It's, so for me. Um, I can't think of life separate from music. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I can't think of it, and, and, and it's just such a simple part of my life. Mm-hmm. It just it, it kind of um, um, affects and guides everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. I went from performing to and making my own CDs to producing mm-hmm. things. I help produce. Um, a wonderful two CD set, uh, Music of Coal, which is a collection, best collection of coal mining songs I think ever ever made mm. uh, for Lonesome Records. Then I did um, uh, a thing called Music from Home, which was a company and CD for uh, a, um, a PBS show called uh, oh, okay. uh, History of Mountains and People. Mm-hmm. And so I've done that kind of thing as well. I produced a banjo album of a wonderful old-time banjo player down here who uh, unfortunately was getting Alzheimer's and we were going to lose him. Mm -hmm. And we did lose Mm -hmm. him. But we still have his music because Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And I have helped start uh, a music school. I I started the music school at Mountain Empire Community College which is down here in Wise Wise County. 
I was the person who was instigating that because I had been traveling in Nova Scotia. Mm. And I would see all these young people playing music there, and I was really worried about the state of traditional music here in yeah, the mountains. Yeah. Not just traditional music, but the fact that nobody was playing these instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's you can do anything you want to with an instrument, but you have to learn to play it first. Right, right, sure. You, you can play any kind of music that you want. That instrument knows every song in the world, <laughs> if you yeah. can find it. Yeah. And that's, that's why I encourage young people. So, you see, it's a, for me, it's a long history of being involved with music. Mm-hmm. And so, when I get to um, Hillbilly Highway, the latest CD, um it's a reflection of all of that. Mm-hmm. This this CD for me is probably the first time I've ever written in a kind of autobiographical way okay. um, songs that are kind of from not just about the culture and the place, but really, really from my life. And the music, the music I have on the CD is a kind of um, honoring the people that I learned from, you mm-hmm. know, the, okay. the, the kinds of music that influenced me um, over the years, mm-hmm. um, throughout my life. I, I, the great respect I have for a songwriter like Hank Williams who with three chords and three verses and two courses can, mm-hmm. you know, just write a, write a novel. Yeah. Uh, and, and, oh, but then there's, you know, then there's Ben Morrison who, who puts more passion into a song than, in one song, most mm-hmm. of us can sure. get in a lifetime yeah. of singing, you know. Uh, and then there's the, you know, the whole Muscle Shoals thing, that wonderful experience that I was able to learn from by watching and listening and seeing what these studio players are doing. So this CD reflects all of that. I like uh, the... So the hip- the storytelling aspect that you have on there, the the song "Don't You Remember Memphis," um, just listening to it, you can, having been in Memphis several times, you can almost kind of feel the experience of of traveling through there and the story that you're telling behind that song. So I, it's really I, I like your approach to the storytelling aspect of the songwriting. Well, that yeah, I grew up in an oral culture, and you know, as a part, I mean, that is really. Appalachian culture, uh, mm-hmm. um, like, is in some ways like the Native American culture. Mm-hmm. So much of it was not written down. Uh, it was passed along from mouth, you know, from mm-hmm. one person to the next. Mm-hmm. And storytelling was central to that. It's central, I think, to Southern culture as a whole, but, but more so in Appalachia than any place I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, just, people don't talk up here. They don't... Um, they don't chit chat. They tell stories. You know? <laughs> yeah, they still they still do that, and so I think that's why my songs uh, reflect that um, aspect of things. And I do want to have people. I don't want the song just to be a song that describes something. I want them to do just exactly what you said. I want those songs to reach out mm-hmm. and bring people into that environment mm-hmm. and let them. Ex- that and that's why I write about different environments. Somebody would say to me, "Why, why are you an Appalachian musician writing a song about New Orleans?" Mm-hmm. Because I want you to feel the same thing that I feel when I'm in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. All those hidden stories, all those 
some possibilities for for that. You know, you you sit in that Cafe Du Monde and you see um, a young man reach over and wipe sugar from his girlfriend's face, and you got a you suddenly you, you've got a whole story that mm-hmm, you know that, mm-hmm. that that you can discover through music, and so that's what. Again, that's what Hillbilly Highway is. For me, mm-hmm. it is the highway that I have traveled. Mm-hmm. It is a real highway that my kin people have traveled to leave the mountains and go to the city mm-hmm. you know, and change their lives and change the music they play. And that music then, you know, comes back and affects us here. Um, and we are affected by the city. We become um, part of the city culture. Yeah. Well, I think you really bring up a very interesting uh, point about the the Appalachian uh, way of life and and the culture and and um, and you know the, the world is full of incredible songwriters and and yet I think uh, someone like yourself, folks growing up with that Appalachian experience, really has a unique um, way of presenting a story that if you haven't lived that culture, it's it's not it's not something that you can just make up it's it's coming out of a it's coming out of an experience of growing up in it yeah i think that's i think you're exactly right you you've hit upon the 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 issue and and sometimes uh it is problematic that people want to play a style without having any uh living experience Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, or you want to and i think that that um, you know, what um, what happens um, when you are a part of that culture is you don't um, you don't tell about it you live it you mm-hmm. know I, mean, I, I can't hard for me to even express it except through songs sometimes mm-hmm. this is a living experience mm-hmm. this is not just a you know, uh, and so I think there is a very real difference when you hear when you hear the song. You feel that the the singer has been a part of that experience, mm-hmm. absolutely. And they're not they're not just telling you a story; they're revealing something about mm-hmm. themselves, singing through, through it. Yeah. And when when you reveal things to people, it allows them to, like you said about the song, Memphis, to experience it, experience it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe in I believe in um, uh, the intelligence of my listeners. You know, people mm-hmm. who like my music. I believe they are capable of expanding upon what I've done, taking it and adding new new dimensions mm-hmm. to it. You know, um, everything I everything I do in a way is intended to reach out, to communicate, and connect with people. Mm. I want to create a kind of dialogue with my music. Yeah. I want you to have a dialogue with that CD. Yeah. I don't want you to just put it in and, and go down the road and, and not and not have be a part of that conversation. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's what I was trying to do. You you mentioned something. I, I, I of course, I had some notes here uh, before we started talking, and there was a line in your bio, and you, you kind of touched on it briefly a couple minutes ago. Um, about the old regular Baptists lined out singing. Um, I, I come from a rural area myself, and so I understand a little bit about that, but I think a lot of people that, again, kind of, you know, back to this whole idea of the Appalachian culture, that's that's a term that I don't think a lot of people 
know what you're talking about when you say that. Can you, can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? What that what does that mean? And and um, you know when somebody is singing the lined out singing, what does that mean to folks? Um, it, it came about uh, um, with the development of the Presbyterian Church in Northern Ireland. Uh, the um, the Scots Irish who have been brought into uh, the Scots who have been brought into Northern Ireland. Uh, to displace the Catholics, the Scots were Protestants, and they were intended to displace the Catholics from the land and take the place, and they did, and created, you know, the animosity that still exists every day between Protestants and Catholics. But those Scots-Irish, um, as they became known, um, they they were turning them contrary, folks. They didn't. They didn't join the, in the Anglican Church. They they started this more um, um, hands-on kind of church in which they said they're just going to do it their way. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they did where they weren't trained singers. They weren't musicians, and so they developed a style of singing in which they could have music in the church without having all the kinds of things that the richer. Um, uh, more trained and educated churches might have, mm-hmm. and so um, they would they would take a song, and um, they would just forget the melody, uh, basically just forget the melody, mm. and 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 learn it um, 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 by meter, its meter, mm-hmm. the poetic meter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they they learn to that poetic meter to accent that, and then they would. Um, so they didn't have so people even today in the old Red Baptist Church the songbooks don't have any music whatsoever mm. and there are no songbook there are no songbook books in the pews um, only the baptized members of the of the church the brothers and the sisters as they're called the brethren and the sisters are um, they sing mm-hmm. one person will take the book with the words he'll sing out of a line or say a line kind of sing songy way. And then the rest of them will sing behind it. So mm. he lines he lines out the song. Yeah. He will be it will be like a maid in grace, how sweet the sound. And maid in grace, how sweet the sound. Save a rich like me that say. Me. And so on. Hmm. And, 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 so, and they will sing all of the songs that way, lying down. It, it almost kind of has that soul, um, soul oh, feel. As several folks would say, it'll raise goosebumps on you big enough for a cat to suck. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It is the most powerful today and that's why I try I try to tell when I sing I remember that mm-hmm. I remember how as a child how soulful how how deep and moving yeah um, that music that singing was mm-hmm. and and uh, you know I try I try um, to to remember that and to and, but I don't I don't do that kind of singing 
commerced publicly because it's still so deeply seated in me mm-hmm. that that is a religious experience that mm-hmm. takes place in church. Mm-hmm. For the very same reason, the old regular Baptist church won't allow any cameras or any graven images, you know, uh, um, in the church. It's, it's still, this is church, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That, that's outside world. Mm-hmm. You, you do this here and you do that there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I still... I still respect that, and I think you have to have some, I think, you know, the problem is if you don't respect anything, it's very difficult to learn to respect yourself. Sure, that's a good point. Yep. Uh, you don't have you don't have any training, you don't have any understanding, and so you, I think you have to, I'm not saying you have to believe wholly in something like that, you, do, you know, or commit your whole life, but I believe you have to learn to respect. Mm-hmm. In the same way you learn to respect uh, the old-timers and, and their music. You don't you don't say that's outdated and it's not valuable anymore. Uh, it's as valuable as it ever was in some ways more so. Sure. Because what they have to teach, what that music can teach us about the craft of music, the mm-hmm. learning, mm-hmm. the play. You know, every musician needs to learn their instrument. Mm-hmm. They need whether it's a voice, whether it's a guitar or banjo, you need to respect that instrument well enough uh, to play it. Yeah. And uh, and so when you get up to perform, uh, you don't embarrass it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good even, point, yeah. Even if you're willing to embarrass yourself. Yeah, you know? yeah. You have to have respect and you have, you have to put in the work. Yeah. You have to, well, and I think respect brings commitment, and commitment uh, brings a kind of endurance. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can endure, you know, if you look at guys who have endured and, and um, continue to play music all their lives, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think generally in the world as a whole, there's just a kind of respect for them. You may not care about Willie Nelson singing, but there's no way you cannot respect wh- what he has done mm-hmm. in his life mm-hmm. in his lifetime, mm-hmm. and the fact that he is still doing it. See, that's the thing for me about going from Old Regular Baptist to um, Hillbilly Highway. The Old Regular Baptist was a stop on the Hillbilly Highway for me. That was that's that's my roadmap. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. music. We as as music is timeless. You know, music is timeless, and um, musicians, you know, in some ways, should be as as well. I'm not saying that we've got to live forever, mm-hmm. but I think we need to to have a different sense of what a musician is, mm-hmm. uh, um, and understand that they are, in some ways, as timeless as the music. In some ways, mm-hmm. Elvis. Elvis is, is as vital as the day. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the Carter family. Yeah. You know, uh, three ordinary people from right here in Stock County, where I live, you know, uh, changed the world mm-hmm. with, with their music. Mm-hmm. And we're back home to live in Stock County. Well, maybe, mm-hmm. I went to, maybe I went to Nashville, but, you know, when when, when the nitty gritty with Dirk and Tom Maybell, she was, uh, 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 her job, she was completely quit singing. Her job was uh, sitting up with uh, old people at night uh, as a kind of uh, nurse's aide. Mm. That was Maybelle Carter's job mm. and, until she was rediscovered. And when she was discovered again, 
June, she just picked that music up like it had always been there. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was always there. She, she had lived the music. It. Yeah, yeah. She had the music, and when you when they recorded her the band, you got the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You didn't get you didn't get you know just uh, what the last few years are where she was at the time they found her. That wasn't that wasn't who she was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was Maybell. Yeah. That fiction and singing is there. And so, so no, she's not going to live forever, but her style gets updated to yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and that's good. what, you know, I'm not saying that every musician, but I think you, I, I believe that we need to, as musicians, and we're going to play publicly, if we're going to declare that we're going to be a public musician, we, we need to dedicate ourselves uh, to making sure that what we are communicating to people is the timelessness of the music. Mm-hmm. And if we if we then, as musicians ourselves, become timeless, um, that's um, that's fine. But but we are not, and we we need to understand our job is to deliver up the music. It is through the music that we become timeless. Mm-hmm. Not it, you know, and uh, I think that's that's. Um, uh, that's and maybe I don't know if you know, people understand that today or if it's just you know everything is in the moment I, I was that way when I was much younger of course but you come to understand especially if music is as important to you as, I, as it is to me mm-hmm. uh, that's all I can say then um, you come to think about it in a, in a different way than just getting up and Letting your ego completely guide you in what you're, what yeah. you're trying to do. Well, it's amazing what what the years of of traveling through life will give you when you start looking back and 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 trying to put some meaning and perspective to the whole journey. Yeah, it is, and but you know, and, and it is in some ways. I mean, I'm, I realize I'm talking in in, in too much of a historical philosophical way where I really want to say that the music is timeless it's now so when when you present it with a new CD you know you listen to it now it has that effect upon you now uh, and uh, you're working in the moment that's for mm-hmm. sure um, you know you, 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 you know that that's going to happen to people who are listening to it but I think as a musician you need to be more aware of that 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 is not just just the moment for you mm-hmm. it may be it may be for the listener uh, but it certainly should not be uh, for you but yeah. but for me uh, you know when I talk about keeping up that kind of a, of a band that used to travel you know the, the, the I know uh, musicians uh, from around here who were contemporaries of the Carters and they would form little bands and they would just go around and, and get in the car and like today and they, they didn't call it touring even but it really was and, mm-hmm. and they would West Virginia Kentucky Tennessee maybe you know maybe Georgia North Carolina um, and um, if if um, whoever wanted to book them wanted a uh, country band they were a country band they pulled <laughs> out their hair hats and cowboy shit mm-hmm. and played country if they wanted a Hawaiian band, oh yeah, they had a dobro in the in the group. They just <laughs> changed clothes and and um, you know and put on. The guy told me that we had all white. We had white pants, white shoes, white shirts, 
and, and we couldn't, there was no laundry in those days, he said, and we'd just, um, when it got dirty, we'd just throw them away, mice knew, it was easier, you know. Uh, <laughs> so they would be, I mean, literally, they would be a, a, a hillbilly band with a comic, they would be a Hawaiian band, they would be an old-time string band, they'd be a dance band, or they would play pop stuff. Mm. You know, as musicians, um, that's not, you know, the market wants to wants to um, categorize you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it's necessary for them to sell your product where you put it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But for, for these musicians, it's, if you, um, if you study, if you study, uh, for, uh, for example, most studios, and most people don't understand that most of the music in America for a very, very long time, and even still today, came from studio musicians in mm-hmm. Nashville and mm-hmm. also shows. The Wrecking Crew in L.A. who played on every rock and roll song, and they were jazz players. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. These guys didn't start out. They didn't even know what rock and roll was. Yeah. I mean, they, that was a term somebody came up with. They just knew they had to play. Mm-hmm. And then, they, so they were musicians. They played whatever was necessary for them to play, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I, I'm still kind of, I'm in, I don't have to worry so much about pleasing a label or whatever. I am, I'm going to play music that, that pleases me and pleases an audience. And I'm going to play music that is going to be fun for you to hear and to listen to mm-hmm. and become a part of. And I hope you will dance. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. I hope you will. I mean, there's a song, you know, I hope you dance, but I really, yeah, yeah. there is so much fun to play in music for, for dancers. Yeah. You know, I love recording. Is uh, I respect recording. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a whole art form that you have to learn as well. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for most people, going into the studio, you know, can be, um, it's, it, but I, 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 I admit it's hard work for me. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just you, you're thinking about music in a totally different way. You're yeah. creating music rather than playing music. You know. Now when I play live, oh man, it's just so much different. It, there's an energy that you and, and you don't worry about the mistakes mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, because they're not so glaringly. Because uh, uh, you're moving on in the second. You're yeah. not, you know, people are. Uh, so I'm not saying. You, you, you don't play your best when you're playing live, but live music it has an energy and a, a kind of, of uh, um, um, worldliness about it. Uh, you know, in that in that it, it uh, includes everybody that's listening to you in that moment, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and makes them a part of it. It's such. Um, a, a wonderful thing for, for a musician to experience that interaction with yeah. the audience and, yeah. and to see people dancing to your music. If you can play music, that makes people lose their inhibitions and get up and dance, even though they may not be the best of dancers in the world. If you can, if, if you can cause people to relax and uh, uh, forget their worries and cares, and you know, uh, maybe even have a favorite beverage or two and get up and dance. There is for a musician, you know, the, the, high, 
the only other accolade I think that is a higher calling than that is um, the act of singing somebody's funeral. You know, I know mm-hmm. that sounds like strange, but it's two ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. If you're respected enough to somebody ask you, will you sing at my funeral? You know, that's that. Man, as a musician, as a singer, that's the highest accolade you can get. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other is, man, you see some good old boy who does not want to dance. You can tell he does not want to get up, but that woman got him by the hand, and, and the next thing you know, you know they're lost in the music. Sure. For me, I can't think of, of anything better. I, that's why I love old time music playing old time fiddle and banjo because it's for dancing. Yeah, it, yeah. Music is for dancing. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it, it really, it really should be. I know there are times when you want to listen to. For me, um, it, again. The highest moment for for a musician is when you have that interaction and, and your music is is um, appealing enough or whatever. It's enough to cause people to get up after butts and get out and, mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> get involved. Well, so Ron, I this is it. this has been fascinating. I, I've really enjoyed hearing your story and and talking about the music and um, just really some good stuff here. I, I hate it that we gotta we gotta wrap things up, but the the CD is Hillbelly Highway. And how can people find you? How can they get a hold of a copy of the disc? Well, these days the easiest way to find people is either uh, you know on Facebook. I've got a couple of accounts on Facebook, a band page, and a, and a Ron Short page. Uh, and if you just go to um, um, uh, Possum Bebop for you, uh, and um, way to get a hold of the brand page, you can go to also to where you can listen to more music. It's easier to listen on Reverb Nation. Okay, it's ReverbNation.com. On short, in the Possum Playboys, and it'll take you to. Um, um, an app that plays a, a lot of music. I've, I've got a lot of music up for people to listen to. I want them to hear the music before they commit their, their nine bucks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, give them a chance to listen to some songs. Um, and but that's a bit, that's that's the easiest way. And then you can order uh, and go online and listen to snap the you know uh, sampling from cdbaby.com. Okay. Uh, Long Short and Possum Playboys um, 2, I think it is. But anyway, if you go to CD Baby and just put in the name of the band um, or the name of the, of the CD, um, Hillbilly Highway, it will pop up. We're on iTunes, uh, on Amazon. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. The idea for me at this point in time is, as a musician, I'm so free because... I'm not bound um, um, by those same kind of uh, responsibilities to a label or, or uh, the money. I have to pay the band. You know, mm-hmm. sure. I have to make enough to pay the band. I've got a wonderful band. I do, these are local folks, wonderful singers and performers. Um, so I love playing with a band. I just love playing with a band because um, it's like... Um, inner dialogue with yourself in a way and mm-hmm. you get really good mm-hmm. and you get really good at it you know and and so I love the band yeah 
and that you know we wouldn't I wouldn't be running short without awesome playboys at yeah. this point in time. Yeah. I'd have to be doing something else. <laughs> so I appreciate you know, I appreciate the opportunity to to, to talk with you. And, yeah, and, thank uh, you, Ron. And uh, and I hope folks will go and listen, and I certainly hope they will like what I have tried uh, to do. Yeah, and and um, you know because that's that's finally the bottom line yeah yeah thanks for tuning in to another edition of the inside track we sure do appreciate you sticking around join us again real soon when we get together with another great artist and talking about their music have a great day